All right, welcome to today's episode of the Jesus Loving Dad podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Joseph Hall. Thank you guys for tuning in today. I'm really excited about the guest I have today. Um, he's, uh, he's known by the discerning dad, uh, Tim Ferrara. Um, he's a pastor out in Arizona, and um, he's actually written a couple books. And so, uh, Tim, thank you, and I appreciate it. Aaron, so good to be with you. I'm excited to be on, and it's been great to connect over the past few months, so maybe even over a year now, seeing what you're doing, blogging, writing, and podcasting. So awesome to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, man. I'll be honest with you. In the last, you know, last year and a half, two years, the um, connections I found online um, through blogging and um, podcasting has been incredible. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I'll be honest with you. There's very, there's a very few blogs that I, I go to often just to be inspired, or podcasts I go to often, and uh, yours is one of them. Well, thanks. That means uh, a lot. And there is a huge, there is a huge Christian community out there. You know, on Instagram, especially like even TikTok, where a lot of people don't realize they think TikTok's all all bad, and there is pieces of it that are not great. But there's Christians out there putting out great content that uh, you know, just the brand new way to spread the gospel here. And, the year we're living in so it's awesome it really is um back when the pandemic started um i don't know i think he was on your podcast actually was uh was jacob uh coin i think that's how you said his name was was he on your show at one time yeah he was yeah so i got i i got connected well not connected with him but i found him on tiktok and that led me down like i guess a rabbit hole of all this other christian uh content creators on tiktok um and then that um then i found him on instagram and just like you said there's a ton out there and I also heard recently that, um, um, what, not verbatim, but stealing uh, users from Facebook, so to speak, and gr- growing in popularity. That's, that's Yeah. Well, Facebook's trying to have their own reels and Instagram reels. Like, they're all trying to keep up with the model Insta- or TikTok started, you know, with the quick soundbite videos, uh, you know, 15, 30 seconds. So they're all kind of like, hey, we got to <laughs> do something to stay relevant because Facebook is really... Facebook is like the average 35 to 50, you know, uh, years old. Instagram is like 20 to 30 and TikTok, you got 15 and up. So uh, it's a whole that, new like culture and social so media. That's so true. Yeah, because I'm 33 and I can remember um, 2008 signing up for Facebook. Um, and as a youth pastor, uh, I have some students that are in high school that are on Facebook, but they're typically only on there, you know, to connect with family, but they're not on there like how they are on Instagram or TikTok or Mm-hmm. anything like that it's pretty wild and social media is uh both can be a great thing and it also can be a huge time sink if you don't have discernment with your time and how you're spending it and that's what i have found yes. with me too like when i started my online ministry discerning dad in 2018 like i was ready to give up social media completely and delete all the apps and god was calling me back into it to spread some light and spread some hope on these social media platforms but there's days where I just like, I even me that I do social media for my church and I do social media for my ministry. And so uh, it's a matter of, I still have to have discernment, you know, yeah, I got to put out content. I got to be on there to connect with people, but is it taking away from reading the Bible or spending time with my family? That's what I have to constantly keep in check. Yeah, that's, that's a valid point. Uh, that's something I battle too. E- even in youth ministry, um, there are times where I just like, I don't want to do this anymore uh, with, with the social media, but I know that's where what 90 plus percent of the students hang out nowadays is, is online. Yeah. And, and um, trying to keep up with that can be exhausting. 
I just did a talk recently with some local leaders in ministry and business. There's about 30, 40 people there. And I told them, you know, that social media, when you first hear that, that term, a lot of you think this is a negative thing, right? You just, you think about all the bad things, all the, the bickering and the fighting and, the, and the, the culture that's out there. But what if you thought of social media as a discipleship tool? What if you oh, thought of it good. as a, what if you thought of it as an evangelism tool? Like that's what we should start to think about these things because you go where the people are. You know, if tons of kids back in the day are hanging out at a certain place, you go where they are. Now they're going to be online. Yeah. And most people are going to be in their home now in a lot of cases. And so how do you reach them? You reach them through a screen. And that's totally okay. That's a good point. Look at look at um uh, Billy Graham. I've heard stories before where people have said that knew him that he was all about using whatever technology was available to get the gospel out. Um, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I mean, he effectively used television for many, many years doing that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was listening. I, yep. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, man. I was listening to Kerry Newhouse podcast. He has a leadership podcast that I love. And he had a pastor on there that has a VR church and just hearing him talk about VR church was kind of mind blowing to me. And it's something where when you first hear it, it's kind of like, really, are we really going there? Is this really what's happening? And, you know, I saw someone post too online about VR church and there was tons of comments of Christians just bashing it, you know, and I, I I take more of a balanced approach. Like is VR church going to replace church completely or should it? Absolutely not. We have to meet together. But it's another thing where maybe that's a tool that you can use to reach somebody uh, in this next phase of the internet that we're going into. Maybe it is another gospel tool that we can use. And if it's just another addition to the arsenal that doesn't replace it completely, I think that's totally fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, for today, I, I, I guarantee he would have social media to reach people. Right. I mean, that's, it's like the new uh, the new public square. That's where everyone are. That's where they mm-hmm. hang out. That's where they voice their opinions. Um, like like some of these um, uh, influencers that I, that I follow on Instagram and TikTok that have like these major followings, like like Jacob, for example. Um, I hear story after story of our testimonies of of people getting saved during these live videos. Now, like I love the thought of social media being like a um, casting the net, like reaching the reaching people. And getting them, and then connecting with them to get them plugged into a local church for discipleship. Yeah, um, uh-huh. I love that. Um, I'm, now, personally, I'm weary of using social media just to reach people and then neglect the discipleship part. Like, I feel like yeah, um, it's all about just the online stuff. But we have to get them connected and plugged in. Yeah, um, that's that's so true. Um, I know it's easy to get caught up in that, but, um, so one of the, one of the things I want to ask you, man, um, I have just like four to five questions. We, I'm going to, uh, walk through and I'm sure the um, listeners would love to hear. Um, uh, and I think actually this first question you kind of answered already, um, about discerning dad. When, when, when did you start the ministry and like what led up to you wanting to do this kind of ministry? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in 2018, I started feeling a call to full-time ministry. And at that time I was working at retail. And I'd been in retail management for years. I worked at the same company, which ended up to be about 24 years, which was crazy. Wow. So I wasn't a big, I wasn't a big risk taker. I wasn't really like looking to be a full-time pastor. And so God was really putting on my heart to start to give back a little more. And so these ideas started coming on me, like what I can write about, what I can blog about. And so we did a, a teaching on the you know, spiritual gifts and discernment I was high in. And so there was one Sunday in particular, I really felt the the name discerning dad and i had all these ideas i went home and i wrote them all down in a journal as far as what that would look like how to start a website you know how what i could blog about 
And that really took me on a journey of blogging for about six to 12 months, which led to my first book, Everyday Discernment, and then led to my podcast by the same name. And then my second book, Eyes on Jesus, which is a 90 day devotional. But really that whole process was equipping me for full-time ministry. I was still in business. I was still working in, in retail. And at the end of 2020, um, it got, there was really this opportunity to become an executive pastor at the church I was already attending for seven years. And this was like the perfect fit for me because I wouldn't be preaching every week. An executive pastor does more like the business, the finances, the vendor management, you know, discipling, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, disi yeah. discipling the pastors. And so with my business background, that was perfect for me. And so looking back, I see God's hand on that whole process of equipping me where it couldn't just be where, okay, day one, you're going to be a pastor. No, like he had to start preparing me to you know uh, work on my message and how I'm speaking and writing and stuff so that I could be prepared for ministry even though I've been a Christian my whole life um, and I was at a point where you know I knew something had to happen but I had to wait upon the Lord for his perfect timing and that's a big part of discernment is not trying to rush into things but having God go before us ordaining our steps if we're following him and obeying him well wow, that's that's awesome so so you were in retail uh, where, what where'd you work at Target Awesome. Uh, so I'm a, I have a retail background as well. Um, um, I started working at a, a small grocery town here in town, but um, eventually in high school, I ended up working at Home Depot as a mm -hmm. And then um, I got, I moved up from there to like an associate, garden associate. And then the last uh, several years that I was there, um, I was actually um, during that time is when I felt the call to ministry as well and to youth ministry mm -hmm. specifically. And I, um, I got promoted to a department manager, so I was overseeing the garden center, and then they moved me to lumber. Um, but I remember um, the retail, the retail life, and I, I, when mm -hmm. I started, when I started to feel that that tug the ministry, like I, I enjoyed working there, but it became like I don't know how to describe it. Like it was like I, I I'm miserable unless I'm doing the ministry that God's called me to, right. and like, like I had to go do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm thankful for my, my retail background because I feel like it prepared me for ministry in some ways with people because mm -hmm. I interacted with, uh, well, I mean, with Target, I'm sure you experienced it too. You, you encounter a lot of different kinds of people. Oh, yeah. Um, and it teaches you. <laughs> pay, good it and bad. <laughs> yes, good and bad. Like with Home Depot, I, I, you know, I encountered contractors every single day and some good, some bad. And, um, and it really helped me develop yeah. pe people skills and talking with people and uh, being comfortable with it. Yeah, that's, that's true, you know, and I, too, you have to be aware that the season you're in in life may not be, you may not be there forever, but you have yeah. to look at it as, what can I learn out of this? How can I work as unto God, no matter where you're at, even if you're in a job you don't like, how, what can I learn? What is God showing me so that I can be equipped yes. to do something that is going to be my purpose? Even if you're not in it now, just make the best of it and serve as unto God as we're called, commanded in the Bible. And um, I think too often we want, you know, the next thing, the next big thing. We want the next phase in life when the kids are this age or when I have enough money or when I'm retired. But when you start to just look at the next phase of when you can be happy instead of looking at having joy now in the midst of what you're in, I think we lose the, the beautiful process that God puts us through in teaching us and equipping us. That is so true because I'm actually, I'm actually in that season kind of right now. I've been a, I've been a youth pastor now since 2012 and then me and my wife took a year off in between um uh churches where i was at a uh, youth pastor at a different church and this church i'm at now mortal life i've been here 
on staff since 2015. Um, I, I'm in a season where I know I'm not called to be a youth pastor forever. There's some guys I, that I've, I've met at conferences and other places that, you know, they, they feel called for life. Like, um, I went to a, a conference in Orlando and they did a poll of like, hey, raise your hand if you've been in youth ministry five years, you know, 10 years. And then they got up to like 50 years and a few hands went up. And so some people are called to it long term, but I'm in a season where I know God has me here to teach me something, to, te- to grow me, um, yeah. to prepare me for the next phase of ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and like, the, like, like you said, I'm just God where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, yeah, that's important. When I have that mindset, I, uh, it's enjoyable. Right. Um, uh, going through all that. Well, that's exciting. That's a really cool story how you started that. And um, a good example of just listening to the Lord and letting him open the doors. That's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I talk about open doors a lot where God puts a, a thing in front of you, you know, an opportunity. And, and if it's from God, you know, we have the we then have the free will to walk in it. And that doesn't mean we know what the next 10 doors are going to look like. And it might be dark and scary on the other side of the door. But if you walk in a door that God opens up for you, you can be confident that he will maintain that for you and take you upon the next one. Now, we do have the choice to say no to that door, right? Stay where we're at. That's yeah, fine. yeah. There's no condemnation, but God might say, okay, let's give you some time to grow. We'll, we'll put another door in front of you in six months and see what you do. Um, but also with, with the, the caveat to say that not every opportunity is from God. Uh, there was, you know, I like to use the example of David in the cave. He had the opportunity two times to kill Saul. Yeah, his his men were cheering him on. It seemed like the right thing to do. He was getting hunted by Saul. Ready, Saul was ready to kill him, and David had the opportunity twice to kill him, but he said, "I will not touch God's anointed." And he knew it was not the right timing. And sure enough, God took, you know, Saul died at his you know his own hand, his own rebellion, and then David was able to be king. And so I think we have to look too that just because it's like a job with more money, or just because it seems like the good thing. We really have to go before God and say, is this from you? It, you know, will you be behind it? Is, is this something that you're going to bless? And then once we know that answer, then we walk forward in faith, uh, not worrying about, uh, you know, all the what ifs. Yeah. I mean, that, what a story, too, of, of what coming under authority looks like. Because um, mm-hmm. I feel like that lacks that is lacking in a lot in our culture nowadays. Um, there's people not wanting to come under authority. They want they want to skip it and like yep. and, and take control. Um but anyway, I, speaking of that kind of concept, I guess, um, the next thing I want to talk to you about is, um, I know your podcast is all about discernment because uh, it's called Everyday Discernment for those listening who want to look it up. Um, um, so the question I have is, um, how can listeners learn to live in a manner of godly discernment and make choices that honor God? Like, especially for the days that we live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That's a big passion of mine, obviously. And uh there's really three key ways that we can hear God and, and know his will. You know, the first one being the Bible, mm-hmm. not negating the fact that that is the inspired word of God. That is our daily bread. It's something that we need every day. Just think about if you ate something a month ago, you don't know what you ate, but you know it nourished you that day. <laughs> the yeah. same thing with the Bible. You may not remember a verse you read, but it nourished you that day. You're able to get the word of God in you so that you can recall it when you're in a situation and the Holy Spirit can bring it to mind. Like you just, we just need something, some kind of routine in our life that puts the Bible as a priority. And once we have the word of God as our foundation, then the Holy Spirit that's in us is the second source of discernment, can quicken things to us. It can recall things in the Bible. It can give us peace when we should have no peace and it makes no sense to the world. We can have that Holy Spirit peace. We can walk, you know, just with a quickening, with understanding of how to make decisions on the spot. 
just, you know, the kids are yelling, you want to go yell at them and scream and you say, God, give me five seconds of discernment right now, Holy Spirit, help me be calm, help me, you know, speak in love in this moment so that we don't lash out in anger. That's how we have discernment on the spot. Yeah. And then I would say too, the third source is just to be surrounded by godly counsel. So be surrounded by mentors, surrounded by people who are seeking God as well for you. It's not that we need to to ask everybody, but there should be certain people in our life that we trust that have gone before God that can give us wisdom, maybe beyond our years, that we can then look at that wisdom and apply it to our life saying, okay, that person made a mistake when they were my age, I'm not gonna make that same mistake. And so have a core group of people, whether it's a marriage group, whether it's just guys getting together, or girls getting together, like that is so, so important. Oh, for sure. I, you know, I can remember um, when I, when I first heard the call to ministry, um, I wrestled with it. Um, and so I, I could have answered the pastor, you know, right away and said, yes, yeah, sir, I want to do this. But um, I decided to take the next month and really seek the Lord on it and pray about it. And um, it was actually, I actually shared this at youth this week because um, we were, we were talking about Moses in Exodus 3. When he, when he was uh, when he encountered God at the burning bush, that was the story for me that God used to speak to me in my situation. Like, listen, I'm calling you, and um, and because I'm calling you, I'm going to equip you. You don't have to bring anything to the table. Like, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to like open the doors for you. I'm going to uh, qualify you. I guess you could say. Um, I know there's a saying: God doesn't call the qualified; He calls the qualified, or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the story like of Moses having the, the speech impediment, struggling, you know, the lack of confidence, that, that was me. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. God was just showed me through his word that, listen, if I can use Moses, mm-hmm. if I can use Paul or King David, just um, walk in obedience and allow me to use you. And that was the big factor for me. But then also what you just said, too, about the, the godly counsel. That was, a, that was the next thing I did. I have. My uh, brother and sister-in-law, I have uh, one of my pastors now, um, who's also also my wife's cousin, uh, and, and several others are just um, go-to people that I go to for when I when I'm making decisions. Sometimes I'm like, "Hey, what's your thoughts on this? Like, what do you mm-hmm. think about this? Or will you pray for this with me?" Yeah, um, and I, that's so big. Uh, and I see this in in youth ministry where uh, teenagers will make these rash decisions without yeah. without discernment, and then I have to walk them through. The consequences because of their their lack of discernment, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's so true, and and there's really no shortage of examples for us, you know, in the <laughs> yeah. Bible or in other yeah. people of people that make the same mistakes over and over and over again after mm-hmm. generation after generation. Then it really comes down to the fact that we are sinful creatures without apart from God, and so we need Him every day. Even if you are saved and following God, you can still make decisions that might mess up your entire life, you know. And you yes, have to pay for exactly. those, you have to pay for those consequences. And I like <laughs> to say that. Your eternity might be secure, but it might be hell on earth for you while you're making, making <laughs> poor decisions. So true. So that's why we need to go before God. And I would like to say, too, that, you know, if you take the urgency out of a, out of a decision, if you're able to, that it helps a lot. You know, think about sins that are done in the heat of the moment, like anger oh, that's or good. lust, you know? Yeah. Like if you take the urgency out, like maybe you don't make, need to make that decision right away. Maybe you can actually, like you said, go before God and pray and ask for counsel then you don't feel that burden of having to make a decision that that might lead to uh, you know unintended consequences. That's a that's a good good analogy. I don't have to steal that and use that with my students. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that that's solid. And you know, well, my next my next question that actually kind of this topic actually kind of answers that. But uh, what were you going to say there, real quick? 
No, just, you know, we live in a culture that it demands us to make quick decisions in a, a microwave type of society where it's just go, go, go and, and oh, constantly, yeah, yeah. you know, not really take time. I think that's where John Eldridge and, and the work that he does talking about just getting out in nature and just taking time to get off your phone. Like, I think that's something that's missed nowadays when you just feel like the constant need to to get, you know, be a consuming, uh, consuming person in, in our society. Yeah. Now, his book, by the way, uh, was it Wild at Heart? So good. Yeah. So, so good. good. Uh, like, yeah. So the next question I have is like, why is discernment so important? I mean, we, I think we kind of answered that, like with the culture that we live in, people making rash decisions. And like mm-hmm. you said, that we're naturally um, sinful people. And apart from Christ, um, like, I, like one thing I told my students just recently, like, listen, there's nothing good in me apart from Christ. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's my constant. He's my anchor. Um, and I need him daily. Because without him, I, c- I can think back to times before I was saved of the decisions I made mm-hmm. and, the, and the lack of discernment and the consequences I've had, I had to walk through because of that. And yeah, I'm you not, know, it's crazy. Yeah. There's no condemnation, right? I mean, uh, Jesus doesn't bring condemnation. He brings us to change to actually, you know, I like to say, you know, the Bible is come, come as you are, but don't stay as you were, right? He calls yeah, us yeah. to be something different than what we want to be in our flesh. And also, um, this is something you don't think about a lot, but Jesus died for the sins you haven't even committed yet, right? You know, I, think that's about that. wild to think about. <laughs> all the sins that we ever committed were done, you know, way ago on the cross. And he died for all the sins for future generations. So even if you sin tomorrow or the next day, come back to God. Don't get stuck in a sin cycle where you're constantly going back to that sin instead of going back to God. When we actually desire Jesus more than we desire that sin, that's when breakthrough comes. Yes. Actually, um, one, one, I think it was this past week at youth um, or the week before, actually, um, I was sharing with our students. We were actually talking about when, when Jesus went, I was like, listen, he, he can re- he's relatable. Think about this. Some of you have, and some of those, those listening have had friends abandon them or stab them in the back. Jesus went through that. Judas, I mean, his disciples scattered when he was arrested. And then he was um, humiliated, shamed, and beaten. And I was telling our students, like, listen, you know, I don't, I don't think the worst part of the cross for Jesus was the beating or, the, or, or being nailed to it. Um, I, I told him, I was like, one thing that I think was the worst part for Jesus was that moment where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That moment where... That he yeah. took on the sin of the world. That he bore mm-hmm. our sins, past, present, and future, like you said. The weight of that, right. that, that he bore. I couldn't even imagine. Uh, any of us obviously couldn't bear that. That if we, did, if, we did, if we could, we wouldn't need Jesus. But we need him. And I was telling like, listen, the, the, the weight of your sin is enormous. And I, think, uh, and I was like, think about that moment for Jesus on the cross when he bore your sins. Yeah, the weight of that, and um, just putting it into perspective, like that's how much he loves us, and he doesn't want to leave us in our sin. Um, right. and, and it's just, and that's why it's it's so encouraging uh, to read different passages in scripture that talk about like you need wisdom, ask God, and He will give it. Like to seek God. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it. I know some days when I read the scriptures, I'm just like, wow, God, this is almost too good to be true. But I'm so thankful. for for who you are and what you what what he does for us yeah i would say too like you know jeremiah i think 6 16 says stop at the stop at the crossroads and look for the ancient path and i think especially when you talk about youth you know we've all been there where you think anyone over 20 30 doesn't know anything right but there is (laughs) there is there is wisdom in understanding there is 
people that have gone on before you that have life experience have something to offer the bible even though it gets dismissed as a 2000 year old book written by men is the source of our discernment is the source of life that you know that's how we get to know god and know his love for us and so don't don't neglect the fact that just because it you know your parents told you something or the bible you know uh says it and it sounds restrictive um really get to know the heart of god the heart of him as a father the why he sent his son to begin with instead of when you look at the bible as a rule book you're not going to really see the heart of god as opposed to seeing it as a as a book that guides us into relationship with him yeah and a while back i took a um, i did a channel i actually read a book by mark batterson and it encouraged me to um to be more intentional with my time in the word and so mm-hmm. I, I, for a season i i i spent um about 30 minutes a day um, in the word and in prayer. And at first, I, I, what I honestly, what I did is I set my timer. It's like, I was like, I know the Lord told me to do this. I want to do this. And for the first few weeks, it was hard, you know, to yeah. just to get in that habit. But I promise you, like the more I did it, just like you were talking about, the Bible came more alive. I, I got to, I, I got closer to the Lord. It was more intimate time with him. Yep. Prayers were answered. Like, Specifically, remember writing in my journal during one of those prayer sessions, asking the Lord, "Okay, hey, um, give us another baby." Like we, we, our desire is to have another baby. At the mm-hmm. time, we only, we only had my first son, Ollie, and um, the day, to the very day, God answered our prayer. We found out we were pregnant with our second kid. Wow! Like it's just awesome. I, I've I've seen him just on a do amazing things when when I was actually intentional and spending time with him. And, and, and yeah. spending time with him without an agenda, I guess you could say, just to be with right. him and getting his words. Exactly. Amazing. Um, so I basically, it's it's good to say that um, we need discernment every day. Yep, absolutely. Uh, well, hey man. Um, so before we do uh, get off uh, the show today, how can how can those listening, whether right now or down the road, how can they connect with you online? Yeah, uh, basically all social media channels. You can find me at Discerning Dad. Discerning-dad.com is the website. The podcast is Everyday Discernment. Uh, you can find my book, Everyday Discernment, and my book, Eyes on Jesus, both on Amazon. And uh, thanks so much for having me on, Aaron. Absolutely. I will say this. Where, where would you say you're most active online? Uh, well, TikTok and Instagram, I think, are the two. You know, I, I, I would relay. I'm, I'm probably more so on Instagram, but yeah, that's the place to be now these days, it seems like. Yep. I'm trying to grow my YouTube as well. So if anyone wants to give me a follow there, I'd greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, man, thank you so much for tuning in uh, or jumping on here with me today. And uh, everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Jesus Loving Dad podcast. I want to encourage you to go check out uh, Discerning Dad, Tim Ferrara, um, where he shared his social, get his books, um, his devotional, Eyes on Jesus. I'm actually reading it right now. It is solid. You'll love it. It's a great way to start your day. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to connect more with the Jesus Loving Dad podcast, you can find us online at JesusLovingDad.com. I'll see you next time. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Jesus Loving Dad podcast. As I've already said, if you want to connect more with the podcast or the blog, 
go to jesuslovingdad.com. And if you would, go ahead and subscribe to the newsletter. Drop a comment on one of the posts. I would love to hear your thoughts and connect more with you. And most importantly, if you would, share this podcast with a friend, a family member, and let's go make much of Jesus today. I'll see you next time on the Jesus Loving Dad podcast. God bless you.